Fix Insider September 1st. AI Some positive press for Google with the Duet AI use case as a meeting assistant and speculation that the imminent Google Gemini model is better than GPT-4. The initial partnership between OpenAI and Microsoft seems more fragile as the latest business version appears to compete with Microsoft. Lex in the FT picks up on the lack of clarity about use cases, saying how understanding exactly what the world wants from the technology seems to be a problem. But OpenAI has long admitted it was not initially sure what it had on its hands. The company once thought that image generation would be of greater interest to the public than text. Understanding exactly what the world wants from AI seems to be a problem. But business customers do not want a slightly faster version of ChatGPT but a perfectly tailored one that does not produce dodgy answers. Looking around and talking with people the obvious use case is to upload your own info to train a super useful LLM. McKinsey, Mumpsnet and and many media brands are pursuing this strategy. But when you tell the people in compliance or legal your plans, you hit friction. You need to be confident your data isn't being used for general training too. It's a similar issue to the debate around clean rooms and programmatic. Does it really not leave anything behind, not even a shadow of my data? As the fascination with Hunter Biden's laptop shows people believe it's hard to totally, irreversibly, completely clear something. By the way dozens of big brands have blocked Tbot, OpenAI's new web crawler. Have you? The Wall Street Journal also see a reality check reporting VCs talking of a shallow trough of disillusionment. The business of fashion are very bullish on AI with a headline believe the hype. Everything you need to know about AI. Worth reading in conjunction with this case study from them which I think we shared earlier in the summer, case study, the complete playbook for generative AI in fashion, if you want the full PDF let me know. A CIO and CTO technology guide to generative AI, McKinsey. And a good essay on generative AI and intellectual property from Benedict Evans. Merchant. The biggest news in fast last mile is US grocery delivery company Instacart finally filing for their much-anticipated IPO. The best commentary on this comes from Colin Lewis, pointing out this is really two businesses, a delivery business, competing with GoPuff and DoorDash, and an ad business competing with the rest of retail media. Still, the skeptics are wary of the Instacart float with Bloomberg describing is as a profitable business built on shaky ground. Make your own mind up, read the S1 filing here. With the sector constantly seeing negative news, like Getter now withdrawing from a number of Dutch cities, good news like an IPO is welcome. The FT does a takedown of the sector, called the bonfire of groceries, summing up the bubble. A wall of VC money was paying for the advertising and promotions that conjured up the rapid delivery market from nothing. But as soon as interest rates began to rise and new funding was choked off, the market returned to nothing. And the economist widens the debate, asking has e-commerce peaked but answer their own question. The share of American grocery shopping online, which jumped from 4% in 2019 to 7% in 2020, is still edging up, but at a statelier pace. Last year it reached 9%. In developing markets we see glimmers of success, grab shares jumped 11% after a quarter showing growth, and the management talked of their plans for an ad business. Grocery delivery, whatever the time slot, is a nuanced business and this interview with the head of online grocery delivery for Unilever ice cream brands is good insight into how seriously the sector is taken by smart CPG firms. Vogue on how businesses focus on promotions and tech to drive basket size and lifetime value. The TikTok shopping trend report 2023 is interesting and the commentary is helpful too. Introducing the TikTok search ads toggle. McKinsey see DTC as a valid way to build shareholder value. Retail media. Why is so much of retail media out of Australia? It's a hot market, 
Two leading retailers there reporting good results from their media businesses. Cartology from Woolworth was up 29% and is morphing into an interesting tech business too. Competitor Kohl's reported a similar level of growth. A good interview with an Albertson exec looks at the complexity of consumer behavior. We're seeing consumers actually start their relationship with Albertsons in all different ways. Some of them are starting it through a shopping occasion with Instacart, when they just need to get some things in the house fast. Some of them might be coming in through our pharmacy and then discovering the food side of the house when they go through the pharmacy. We are definitely seeing different shopping occasions across all consumer groups. So you know how we used to do segmentation and you would say, this shopper does this? Well, we are all shopping differently, but just in different variations. And so our ability to have an app that supports shopping behaviors is a real key component and a lot of the work that we've been doing recently as an enterprise. Publicis have been smart in their tech acquisitions and carved out a strong position in retail media. They just poached Steve Ricketts, the head of Essence Mediacom Commerce Practice in the UK, which is another smart move. The Global Chief Commerce Strategy Officer of Publicis Group explains the strategy in this podcast. Newth. Last week I mentioned the theory that Amazon was short of inventory and the following day I saw they were in discussion with Disney about working together on the planned ESPN streaming service. This kills two birds, more inventory and a further engagement with sport. The next chapter in TV and sports is imminent as the Premier League start the TV rights auction process. Everyone is talking down the prospects of higher revenue but there is wide acceptance that more games will be included. The Economist looks at how Amazon is blending content with commerce, describing how viewers of shows like Citadel can buy clothes and jewelry from the film, from Amazon. Their headline is apt, Amazon has Hollywood's worst shows but its best business model. Roku share similar ambitions with a goal to make TV as shoppable as social and they see DTC brands as a growth opportunity for them. I think everyone now accepts that streaming is not a great business model for anyone other than Netflix but given the rush to copycat none knows what to do next. A long post from a filmmaker with an obscure substack makes some sense on the real cost of good movies, and how to pay for it. The idea of a band camp for filmmakers is interesting as I think there will, eventually be a vinyl equivalent for film, where people can own a copy of films they love. But if you think streaming has problems, look at cable. The FT cover the damning verdict of viewers on US cable TV. One advantage old TV has is that the user experience just works fine. With Newtvitz less polished, and one of the most common gripes is frequency capping, where you see the same ad again and again, sometimes in the same break. Here Newtv guru Paul Gubbins explains the problem and how his firm solves it. TikTok execs reveal how TV and films go viral on their platform. Web3. As a reminder of how much is still going on with Metaverse and Web3 the smart people at Brandtech have compiled a back-to-school special of Metaverse news. One they missed was vans reaching 100 million people with their Roblox world. And Roblox dons Dubit explain how UGC is evolving and how brands can participate. AdTech. The smart people at Quo Vadis go deep on Medimath, the aftermath and their detailed analysis does not show a happy ending, but they do advise the new management to look at how to incentivize agencies to switch spend. The new strategy from the trade desk also seeks to incentivize agencies to spend more by driving down floor prices and weeding out profiteering SSPs. Their volume will encourage publishers to accept bids below their floor prices, but SSPs counter this is designed to drive down publishers' ad rates. Worth watching. And Connor McKenna of Luma talks about AdTech M&A in this podcast. Plus plus. Power laws in culture, Doug Shapiro, medium. When tech says no, Benedict Evans.